0: Uh, We're excited to have uh, Professor Larry Anderson to speak with us this morning. Uh, You've heard from him a few times this semester on Word Wednesdays, and we're excited to have him again this morning. So uh, please uh, welcome him um, and give your attention to him. Good morning. This is so weird, isn't it? It is for me. Good morning. (laughs) So let's begin with a word of prayer, shall we? Father, we adore you. We give you thanks and praise for who you are and for the privilege that we have to gather, especially in this weird, weird time that we find ourselves in, wearing masks, looking like bandits, dealing with all sorts of emotions feeling stressed, and wondering what's next. We're glad for the privilege that we can be here in this place this morning. Meet with us, please. Encourage us and challenge us according to your purpose as we commit this time into your care. In Jesus' name, amen. There's two portions of scripture that I would like to reference this morning. And if you want, uh, you might have your Bible in your backpack. Uh, if you don't, there's probably one in the pew just in front of you, if you'd like to use that. Uh, two portions of scripture. Uh, the first will be Hebrews chapter 12. And the second will be Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. And, and if you want to find um, both of those, uh, we'll We'll make reference to uh, Philippians a little bit later, just put a mark there, and uh, we'll start with um, Hebrews chapter twelve um, verses one, two, and three. So the author of Hebrews writes, "Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, When I was a sophomore in high school, I decided that I would like to go out for the track team, and I made the JV track team. Of course, it wasn't too hard to, to make the team, um, they were accepting any warm body, and uh, so I was on the junior varsity track team as a sophomore. And the problem was, I'd started a little bit late maybe uh, a week and a half into uh, track season. Hadn't been running, really wasn't uh, in great running shape. Uh, and, um, and so I wasn't ready for the first track meet that was going to take place uh, at the end of that week. In fact, um, I probably shouldn't have participated probably for the next two weeks. But the coach approached me and asked me if I'd be willing to run in the 880, which is two times around the track. Now, I never saw myself as a long distance runner, and for me, that's a long distance. A short distance would be a 100-yard dash. That was almost the extent of my capabilities. I like to run fast and get it over with, okay? Uh, So the coach asked me if I'd be willing to run in the 880, and uh, he convinced me that I might actually help the team. If I were to do that, I might be able to win uh, one point for the team. He knew I wasn't going to win the race, (laughs) so he was very realistic. Maybe you'll get us a point, and that would be helpful. So I said yes. Yes. The race started, and remember, I'd never run this race before. I had no idea how to run it. And I thought two times around the track, wow, that's not too hard. Uh, You know, any idiot can do that, and I'm an idiot, so I qualify. (sighs) So I thought I'll just follow the two or three or four or five people that are ahead of me. That was my whole strategy. And so the race started, and I tried to keep up. We made the first turn, and by the first turn, I was lagging behind. My legs were aching, already starting to get wobbly. My lungs were already burning. And by the time we got around that first lap, I was about ready to just step on the inside of the track and call it a day. I didn't really see myself being very beneficial to the team. I thought for sure that I was gonna die on the track, which would not be beneficial to the team or to the coach. By the time I got to that uh, third turn, so we finished one lap, I'm uh, on the, the third turn, that second lap, I was certain, I was certain I was gonna die. I, I wanted so badly, to just stop and find a chair or a gurney near an ambulance. Something. I needed relief. I wanted to step off the track. I wanted to quit. But I didn't. I didn't quit. My teammates were cheering me on. In fact, there were several of my teammates that were running on the inside of the track shouting my name. One or two shouting other things and telling me that I could do it. You can do it, just keep moving. You can do it. They were shouting encouragement and both of the spectators that were there were cheering for me, saying my name and saying, you can do it, it was just the JV team. You can do it, you can finish the race. And I'm thinking in the back of my mind, I wanna quit. I want to stop. I want to lay down. <sighs> but I heard the coach's voice echoing in my head. You could get us a point. <sighs> so I kept putting one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other. And guess what? I got third place. <laughs> I won a point. Here is the person who wanted to quit, and he gets third place. I've finished the race. Do you know why? Because there was only three people in the race. <laughs> it was a pretty certain, pretty certain thing. If I could just get across the finish line, if I could just finish, if I didn't quit, we'd get a point. Have you ever wanted to quit? Have you ever thought to yourself, things are so hard right now, I just want to quit. I just want to step inside, off the track. I just want to lay down. I just want to go away. I want to quit. Have you ever had that thought? I would imagine most of us have. And it's a fairly common human reaction when things get hard. The two best decisions I've ever made in my life, the first was to decide to follow Jesus. The second was to marry the woman who is my wife. The two hardest things in my life? Being married to the woman who's my wife and following Jesus. Mm -hmm. You see, following Jesus means to obey Jesus. And it really, literally is the hardest thing in my life because following Jesus is so demanding. We are told by Jesus that... We are to love God with our whole being. And we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. And I think to myself, Jesus, you never met my neighbor. <laughs> oh, he was a jerk. We're to forgive our enemies and we're to die to ourselves. Following Jesus is demanding. It's so much easier to quit. Following and obeying Jesus is so hard, because quite frequently, I mess up. And many of you can, uh, can affirm that, that very truth, because this past week, Friday, I was angry as a hornet, and I was not very pleasant in the classroom, and I wasn't very pleasant to be around. My anger was boiling over. I keep messing up. I'm selfish, I'm lustful, I'm arrogant. And those are all the things that Jesus calls me to give up, to surrender to him. Following Jesus, obeying his call upon my life, is hard. It's so much easier to quit. I have so many questions that are still unanswered. And in my experience, I have been mocked, I've been spit upon, I've had things thrown at me, because people find out I follow Jesus. And they're either threatened or they just don't like me. And of course, following Jesus means that, well... I'm a little bit different than all of the people I generally would have hung out with as a high school kid and a college student. And to be fair, I am a little strange, but it's a different kind of strange that we're talking about here. Following Jesus means that we are unique. And so it makes it hard. And of course, news flash here, (laughs) I'm not perfect. I'm pretty sure none of you already knew that, but just in case. Paul has something to say about that in uh, Philippians, if you're following along, verses 12 through 14. Listen to what the Apostle Paul has to say. Not that I have already obtained all of this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul says he hasn't arrived. He is not yet perfect. And in verse 13, as it bleeds into verse 14, he says, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. He presses on to win the prize as he presses on toward the goal. Do you hear the track language and metaphor here? Just like there was... In Hebrews chapter 12, in the Hebrews chapter 12 passage especially, it's written to people like us who might be tempted to quit, and the reasons that they might want to, want to quit in the first century is because they're Jewish believers in Messiah, and it was very difficult for them. Because they had family members who thought they were betraying the Jewish law, the Jewish cause, the Jewish message. In accepting Jesus, they considered them heretics. And so they would have been excluded from the synagogue. They would have been excluded from their business partners. They would have been excluded in so many different ways they had far greater reason to quit. And so when the author of Hebrews speaks to them, he's speaking to people who want to quit. But if we listen carefully to what the author of Hebrews has to say, which sounds very similar to what Paul said in Philippians, the real question is, How can we quit? How can we consider it? Listen to what he said. He said, we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. And those witnesses were all the heroes of the faith that he talked about in chapter 11. People like Abraham and Enoch and Samuel and Daniel and the prophets, many of whom were put to death because of their message of hope and the call for justice that God demanded. Those are the people that surround us, the heroes of the faith. And you know some of those heroes. Maybe a a grandmother or a grandfather or an aunt, an uncle, or maybe even a parent who had been faithful in following Jesus. They're a part of that great cloud of witnesses. And they're cheering for us, They're encouraging us and the heroes of the faith that the author of Hebrews is giving to us in chapter 11 are people who have in fact completed the race, who have finished running it and they're cheering us in such a way as to say we crossed the finish line. So can you, don't quit. How can we consider the option of quitting when we have, as the author of Hebrews tells us, the very example of Jesus who endured the shame and the suffering of the cross, and he calls Jesus the perfecter of the faith. And the word there can also be translated as the champion of the faith. He is the one who crossed the finish line in such a way that he is the ultimate victor. He is the one who has run the race ahead of us. And if you've ever run track or cross country, my guess is that you understand what what it is that the author in Hebrews is talking about when he says fixing our eyes on Jesus. Your coach would have told you, find the person who's immediately ahead of you, keep your eyes on that person, and it will actually encourage you to run a little faster and you will pull up on that person until you're able to pass them. And if you're the very leader of the pack, focus on whatever is ahead of you and you'll draw up to it and you'll pass it. And the idea here is you see your competition, you see the person in front of you, it encourages you to run faster, and it also causes you to keep your head up so that you're breathing properly. As soon as you begin to hang your head, you're in deep doo-doo, which is really hard to run in. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the champion, the perfecter, The faith. How, when we have an example like that who has won the race, how could we consider quitting? Don't quit. Following Jesus is the best thing I decided to do. And it's the hardest thing. But what, what I had to learn, and maybe you do as well, is that following Jesus is not a sprint. It's a marathon. Maybe you've heard that before. And as we live together on this campus, and as we have opportunity when we go home to live with people who are also following Jesus. It's our responsibility to encourage each other, just like my teammates encouraged me that day when I so badly wanted to die, not just quit, die. We need to listen to the cheers of those who have gone before us, that great cloud of witnesses. And we need to follow Jesus so that we can, in fact, run the race to win the prize, the marathon, not the sprint. Don't quit. His name was John Ah Ahariri. I may not be saying it exactly right, but I think I'm close. In 1968, the Olympics were held in Mexico City. And John had been sent by his country of Tanzania to represent them in the Olympic marathon and normally uh, marathon runners can complete the the long distance race of over 24 miles they can complete it roughly in 2 hours john from tanzania finished 1 hour behind the last person who had come into the stadium to run that final lap and cross the finish line. A full hour. He was the only one. There were very few spectators still in that beautiful stadium that had been built for the Olympics. What had happened is he had had a terrible fall. And he had banged his head on the pavement And as many of you know, head wounds bleed pretty profusely. He had injured his leg quite badly. And so as he came into the stadium for that last final lap, there was no one cheering. And the Olympic officials were just waiting to turn off the lights and go home. And John more limping than running, finished that last lap in that massive stadium in silence. And as he finished the race, as he crossed the finish line, a journalist approached him and said, why didn't you just retire from the race? And John's answer was, my country did not send me to Mexico City to start the race. They sent me to finish. Don't quit. Let's stand and let me pray for us as we finish for the morning." Father, we're, we're all feeling the pressures of a very long semester. And we've all been dealing with a variety of motions related to COVID. And there are many other things that are going on in our hearts and heads and lives. You know them full well. You know how we need you. And so I pray for each person in this room and whoever might be watching online that you might encourage us today to fix our eyes on you in such a way that we might finish the race and that we might win the prize. To your glory and to the glory of the kingdom. In the strong name of Jesus, I ask this. Amen. You're dismissed.